High Expectations. Welcome to High Expectations Podcast. It's Sunday afternoon. We've just finished brunch and here we have Jaslyn, Kathy, Ellen and our friend Georgia joining us for a little bit. And today we're going to be talking about relationship advice. We're going to be talking about those things that we've learned over experience and just giving you general tips of how to make your relationships better. Enjoy. I think if you want to impress someone, you should use a lot of puns. I have a couple that you can use. Today, for example, when we had chips, Somebody said, are you finishing with your chips? And I accidentally said, we're just chipping away at it. <laughs> <laughs> so remember that one for your dates when you impress people. And also, like, when you go to the warehouse on dates, which I highly recommend, um, you can, like, when you go to the beanbag section, ask them where they sit on beanbags. <laughs> they'll, they'll also get really confused, which would be funny. But yeah, nah, in all seriousness. I just thought we would have a podcast where we talk about things that we think are really important relationships, kind of like PSAs that we think people should generally know that they don't follow. Yeah. You know what I mean? Totally. Like how to have successful relationships or even just friendships. Mm. How to have a relationship and how to break up a relationship. Oh, yeah, that too. Really cool. I heard a good pun this morning. What was a good pun? I was pointing out a drawer in my apartment that was available for use for house guests. And I was just saying how it, at the moment it pretty much just has a few socks in it. And my guest said, oh, that's socks. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. <laughs> nice one. <laughs> Good one, Emily. <laughs> and, and I asked you to leave. I want to encourage fighting. I'm just going to leap right in. I'm just going to say I have spent so much of my life not confronting no punching, the no. things. No punching. No <laughs> We do not condone violence. <laughs> not confronting things that are actually going on and just bottling everything up. But it is so important to just communicate what's going on for you, eh? And even if it causes some discomfort, even if it's really hard for the other person to hear, it's important to just talk about what you feel. It's okay to fight about things, you know? Don't be afraid of it. It makes a relationship stronger. I remember the first time that Alan and I... This is going to have some anecdotes from our relationship. <laughs> yeah. um, it's okay. Um, first time we fought, you turned to me and said, we just had our first fight. And I, I was both relieved and horrified because I thought, oh my God. You know, on the one hand, that strengthened our relationship and then really set us up well for dealing with times when we had to communicate tricky stuff. But also I was so unused to it that mm. I just felt... So I think like I cried at the time, but, yeah. <laughs> um, hey. but it was really, it was good that you accepted that, you know, I was, mm. I guess I was scared that fighting would push the other person away or would like end something, but it's not catastrophic, you know, you can have big fights and it doesn't mean that something's over. That's mm. what I've learned. I wanted to make a point. Mm-hmm. What was that fight about? That was when I had band practice. Oh, you remember that one? And I was in the middle of a song, and I didn't come out when you turned up. And I think you you were really looking forward to dinner, and you made us a beautiful hungry. dinner. I know, and that's I'm and so sorry. And you were like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm just doing band practice. <laughs> I'm really sorry. And oh, I you know what? I, I just I don't care who listens to this. Your band went well over time, and I was oh, very did. angry. Oh, and absolutely. also, your concerts were too late. Not speaking about anyone in particular, but your concerts were too late. In the music industry, it's ridiculous. Gigs just. It's, yeah, here's, it, here's how to keep good relationships with your bandmates. Play on time. People get a relationship with yeah. your audience. I didn't even get to see you, Kathy, because I just played too, too late. late. We paid yeah. to go in and to see it. And you I paid. Did I pay? Can I pay you back? No. no. <laughs> I don't think it was a paid one, but... It was a free gig, but you but you, we, we, you bought things we bought at the gig, like a drink or whatever. Yeah. 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 I, don't, yeah. I think yeah. all of us yeah. are unimpressed with that. Yeah. yeah. A little bit. 
Anyway, this good relationship yeah. with the audience. Mm. That's a really good point about the finding though, Kathy. I think a lot of people avoid finding or confrontation. Mm. And yeah, the, one of the things I wanted to say, like the only piece of advice that came to mind was like, I've learned recently, pick your battles because oh, I'm yeah. too confrontational. And then I've been like, actually, you know what? It's not worth it. Especially with like coworkers and stuff, actually. Because with coworkers, you have to work with each other every day. You have to be in each other's space. So you can't mm. really hold a grudge against each other. And regardless of how your relationship is, you always have to maintain a functional relationship. So that's a, a good time when you should just bottle stuff up, I think, yeah. in a way. Not bottle stuff up, but... Just let them slide. Think, is this actually that important? No. <laughs> that's what I do. I am notorious for being very calm-tempered and never really too angry. But when I do get angry, it's worth it. But what I tell people is what I do is that if something's annoying me, I try to process it in my head about, is this person trying to annoy me mm. or are they just enjoying their life and it's bugging me? Is, <laughs> and is it worth making a fuss over? Yeah, I hate it when people enjoy themselves. <laughs> and, so, and so I let a lot of things go. Like, you can be joking around and you sometimes say something offensive accidentally, but they're just kind of joshing around being funny and... And then you think, well, do I pick them up on this or do I do I not? And totally. And as a sensitive person, so much stuff happens that upsets me or also can just make me suddenly get really anxious and feel unsafe. It starts with you. Like, your feelings come from you. Other people can elicit those feelings, but you're the one that has them. You're the one that can control them. So if you sort of just tell yourself, I'm still working on it and it's going to be a lifelong battle. But if you just tell yourself, they're not trying to attack me, they're not trying to hurt me, they've got stuff going on in their own life. That makes sense. Definitely. Yeah. 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 My good yeah. friend Frankie said to me, you can only control your actions. You can't control anyone's reactions. And that really helped me to just, you know, know that it's their own troubles that they're dealing with, their own things. And it's not a reflection on me. My desire to make somebody react in a certain way. Mm. I know it comes from a good place because I just want to have a lot of close friends. And then <clears throat> when I recognize that behavior, I thought, you have a tendency to tease me. I'm not very good at being teased. Oh, it will make me uncomfortable feel unsafe for whatever reason it always makes me think we can't maintain a close friendship and I need to here's something else I want to cover make you into somebody that I can be close friends with and if you continue to do this behavior but I don't have to be close friends with that person that's that person's personality and it's a shame but I can never mold them into the friend that I want them to be either you take it or you leave it yeah yeah a good friendship generally comes pretty easily Yes. You know, early on, if it's you relationships too, somebody, a lot exactly. of the time. Mm-hmm. They don't take too much work. Yeah. On your uh, your point about picking your battles, I was once had a wedding shower, I guess you'd call it, at work for my colleague, yeah. Ingrid, who listens all the way in Germany. Hi, Hi Ingrid. Hi, Ingrid. Yeah. Hope you're enjoying yourself. <laughs> and she had a little booklet for the guests at the shower to write relationship advice, marriage advice, particularly from people who already were married. What I noticed was almost every page was, pick your battles. Whoa. You don't have to win every fight. Don't get a bit angry. Yeah. Those are cliches, but they're cliches for a reason. Also, a, a tip on good fighting is defensiveness can just exacerbate things so easily. So if it's something that I'm still learning how to do, um, is to not just react defensively. But if you're actually able to just take in what someone's saying and hear them a lot of the time people just want to be listened to and validated and that just helps you work through things so much easier i agree with you i think it's a two-way street though if you're getting defensive that's because somebody's triggering you mm. and in your relationships that's you true. should be you should recognize what people's triggers are yeah totally. and then that was that's this thing i've been thinking about recently like i have some silly things that 
what are silly things, things that are important to me that I just, I don't like being teased about, for mm. example, or I don't like being pulled up on. I should probably mention that the other voice here occasionally is Georgia, who's with us today for a yeah. little bit, who will contribute as she sees fit. <laughs> yeah, totally will. So I was actually thinking, like, about that, like, the things you don't tease people about. You know, you're here, yeah. and, and people make comments about you're here, and only your really close friends can say anything about it, eh? Yeah, everyone else, like, I do generally get quite defensive about, because I'm just, I don't know, for me it's always been an indicator of a person's, I don't know, like, assholeness. Like, usually <laughs> the assholes that will make a comment about it, like, randoms in the street, and it just, it... When you first meet, yeah, as well. and it's yeah. just sort of like, why have you felt the need to do that? And it's yeah. an automatic turn off for me to even want to start talking to that person. I'll be defensive, and I usually just walk away. Whereas if my friends do it, I'm just like, well, you know me, mm. and for whatever reason, it's just not as offensive. And I think that's really legitimate because you're such an easygoing person. Most things you could probably have a go at you for. Yeah. But for that, it's like, no, I've had a lifetime of bullying, really nasty bullying. I'm mm. not going to tolerate it anymore. And you're the same with your height as well. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. yeah. The same way I greet someone and they immediately say, you're tall. I just don't want to talk to them anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so bullshit, What are they right? trying to say with that? Yeah. yeah. I don't actually understand why they do that. Yeah. Is know. it a power thing yeah. or... It's like they automatically want to peg you down, yep. and it's like, I think so. why? Or it's the most worst small talk, but because I have this characteristic where people know that about me, they think you're tall, when I meet people who are redhead, I never make mm. jokes about anything, because I know that's really annoying. doesn't matter how close a friend I am, you know, I have other close friends that are the same colour hair, and I never make jokes, not once. It's really sensitive, isn't mm. it? Yeah. And other friends do, and I kind of eyes at them. I don't, yeah, I don't really, uh, really like the redhead jokes because uh, I think that there used so to be a time when people were really weird about red hair, but now red hair is super cool, I think. To, people desire to be a redhead. Emma Stone actually has naturally mm. blonde hair, but she dyes her okay. hair red, for example. Yeah, I'm the I same. Think, yeah, exactly. Mm, yeah. People yeah. desire to be redheads because it's cool. Um, but I think that's real, really dated to treat somebody like they're weird for having a genetic mutation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like a lot of that is just coming from people's insecurities. Yeah, that really has helped free me up when people have picked things about me or people I care about. It's just to step back and think, okay, these people, this is just reflecting them and what's going on for them. And I don't know, their jealousy, their insecurity, their... Yeah. What sort of stuff do people say to you when they first meet you? Oh, God. Well, I, when you said, you know, people comment on your height, Jaslyn, yeah. it just reminded me that recently we had an instance where someone commented that I'm small, you know. This person looked at me and said, oh, looked me up and down and said, oh, you're you're small. You know, and like that's one of the triggers for me. I hate it because I've always been told I'm fragile, I'm diminutive, mm. I'm frail from one of my best friends. Who I'm not going to mention any names. What's the name? No. <laughs> I wouldn't know later, They though. have a wow. pseudonym in a zine I've written. <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> frail. No, you're just a uh, no, I know, right? That's not a word I would associate with you at all it's ridiculous yeah and also because what's to be tied into that a lot is that i'm really open with expressing my emotions and so i'm I'm quite a sensitive person and i show that easily and i don't think that i should be ashamed of that at all and that's something that i'm really proud about but that sensitivity has often been tied in with the fact that i look very feminine and very like oh stereotypical feminine quite petite right so i just get 
put down as not being strong. I don't know. It's just hang up I have all through my life that I'm seen that way. So that's something. Oh god, I don't know. It took me years also to be comfortable with my hair as well because it's quite curly and it gets oh, yeah, fluffy. It gets fluffy sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> and I like, embrace that fully now, but that took me a long time. I used to get teased about a lot as well. Yeah, I don't know. It's sort of just appearance things, I guess. It's funny the things you get teased about when you're growing up, which as an adult end up being an asset. Absolutely. Yeah. I used to get called mm. fat a lot as a kid. And I think it's kind of desirable to be curvy. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, that was hard. Or like weird. When, when you're younger, being weird you're or weird. different mm, is not an asset. But when you're an adult, it makes you stand out. It makes people like you. It's, mm. it's a different world. Yeah, it's quite a common tower that the, the popular kids from, say, primary school the time when high school ends, they're not that popular anymore, and like the the geeky, dorky, weird kids have grown up to be the real likable. You know kind what? Of the people. They're unashamed to be themselves. I actually. Exactly. Mm. I'm going to go a bit deeper than that because we can bring it back to mm-hmm. our subject of hands. Call back. Call back. This is <laughs> about relationships, and we went off topic, and it's my fault. I think it's also because they learn how to form relationships on something real, not superficial. Yes. So often if you're a bit nerdy or a bit different, you form friendships on common interests. Totally. So if you're, I don't know, really good at science, then your friends and you'll always be talking about studying science, starting clubs. I remember that a lot from school and they were just kind of more involved in each other's lives. And But whereas those cooler kids... They basically bond on the fact that they're cool and they have that status and they have that power and that's their bond. And then I think that when you go out into the world, most friendships aren't based on that. They're based on common interests Mm -hmm. and common ground. But if you are continuously making friends with people so that it raises your status, then those aren't real friendships or relationships. You're not really loving them. You're not really liking them. That carries yes. over to even adult life when you some friends sort of come and go and you think, well, they left because there wasn't anything really tying you together because it was more of a superficial friendship. Yeah, and it wasn't meant to be. And that's right. that's another thing. Look, I, I used to take it really hard when I lost friends, but then you realise they're not real friends. Mm, it's not yeah. If it's not long-lasting, that's hard. It's hard to maintain long-lasting friendships. Last night I was talking, were listening to music with... Um, with Emily and the Hanson song Imbot was playing <laughs> and she thought it was hilarious that it was playing and I said no it's got really really good verses in it if you listen to them and all the you know 15 years or whatever since it came out she had never actually heard the verses because she just gets distracted yeah. and hears the chorus I'm going to look at yeah. it later yeah that's true you can't really hear the verses to be fair because well, his voice no. is quite high <laughs> <laughs> they are easy to make out if you don't actually pay attention Okay. <laughs> but one of the lyrics in it is hold on to the ones who really care because oh. in the end they'll be the only ones there Henson yeah well I, that makes sense because they're a family yeah they're Henson brothers but yeah. also the opening lyric in that song is you'll have many relationships in this life only one or two will last Whoa. Whoa. That's so what is up with that? Like, oh, that's, that's such a 90s thing to have like a really catchy tune and everybody's like, yeah, this is a great dance track and it actually has like a really deep message. Yeah, yep, absolutely. And the 80s was, has a, had a lot of songs where they were actually really dark, but they had yeah. a really like upbeat. upbeat. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like that's what's the awesome. oh, I can't remember which one it was, but, or just really like lots of sexual innuendos. 
And you're like, oh yeah, tonight she comes. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Oh man, I'm just thinking about that now actually, like one of the hardest lessons is learning to let go of somebody. When, and realizing when they're not responding in the way, like not meeting you on the bridge and not responding in the way that you're giving out. Yeah. So that's giving someone that freedom to go from your life is really hard. Mm. It's hard, but it's very important. It is important, definitely. Yeah. Which leads yeah. me into the next point very nicely, where our hero, Dan Savage, has the advice <laughs> that if you want to be friends for the next later on in life, you should cease all contact for at least a year. I totally Holy agree. Crap. Which a I year. Have, <laughs> I have recently just done it, that. Where yeah. I, a year has passed well, and I got in contact and we talk quite friendly. Mm. Great. I think it's that if life brings you together mm-hmm. for whatever reason, like when I broke up with my last relationship, a funeral brought us back together. That's true. And mm. sometimes that happens. But that but we just were both attending something because we had to because we both knew that person. That's not that we're organizing to meet up or constantly talking to each other or checking yeah. up on each other because the yeah. feelings are still so raw, even mm. if you feel like they're not. Mm. But I totally agree. And I also think that it can actually take years, yes. but you can form meaningful friendships with ex-partners because there's a reason why you were together yeah. and there's a reason why you broke up. And I met up with my ex-boyfriend the other day. And I just call him a friend now because I mm. think we had such a good catch up and we had such a good rapport. And yeah, it's just really nice to be able to have a friendship there. It's been two years. To have something come out of all of that and time and investment we made. Mm. We met up recently, but it had been a couple of years yeah, since we'd actually met up. Yeah. yeah, I've had a similar thing too at the moment. Actually, I've had someone coming back into my life that I dated two years ago, and we haven't talked since then. And she's actually said she wants to meet up and apologize, which is amazing. And I didn't expect it. it took I let, two I'd years. Let go. Yes, wow. two years. I'd let go of all expectations and uh, hopes of even talking to her again. But she's back. And, and that's where you need to be. Cool. I know it sounds ridiculous, yeah. but you need to have incredibly low expectations. Yep. <laughs> low expectations this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you need to not have be holding on at all no. because yeah, it has to be coming from a good place. Mm-hmm. And it's the anti Taylor Swift. No, no bad blood. <laughs> it's the thing, yeah, like you said just earlier, you don't, you don't know if there's still feelings there, like subconsciously. You might think that you're totally all past everything that's happened, but there might be still something. Resentment a lot of yeah. the time. That, that sort of stays well after all of the love is yeah. gone. A, a lot of time passing gives people different perspectives on what actually happened in quotes. Sometimes what they think happened at the time was actually different when they realised how they were feeling or something was making them feel a certain way. I think all breakups happen for quite simple reasons. Either fundamental differences or you just weren't compatible. Yeah. Mm. Well, you can't always explain at the time why you want to break up, but you know that you need to break up. And I later, can e- later on time you can... Explain it in one sentence? Yeah. I think I can. Yeah. Yeah. And you can... <laughs> You process your feelings more and the emotions are more dull so you can talk about things more straightforward and why. That's what that, that cliche, right? I just want to know why you broke out with me. I just want to know why she broke out with me. Some, yeah. And Sometimes there's some really why. clear reasons like that you're not compatible on certain topics or, I mean, certain aspects and fundamental things in your relationship. Yeah, there are those times where things just come to a head and it just happens so dangerous to ask why after a breakup because oh then that leaves you open when you're at the most vulnerable yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. if you want to ask why wait a year <laughs> i agree i agree because at the time they'll be like 
oh, I've just heard people say the worst things and they break up. Like, oh, you know, I just think you're, you know, you, you're so unmotivated and it encouraged me to be unmotivated and mm. just really unkind things like that. Yeah, I've or... seen some nasty breakup texts that friends have received <gasps> because they've asked yeah. why. Oh, yes, of course. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Or so like gosh. held on there and didn't take the needed space. Yeah. Just, yeah. Because people get really mean. Um, so, yeah, so that's some good breakup advice. What's some other breakup advice you guys have? When I broke up with Josh, I was, I did tell him why, but I feel like, I guess You needed to tell him why. Yeah, it was something that was building for quite some time, so I was very clear as to why I was so upset and, and needed to get out, but... Like, as of recently, I've been processing it again in a different way and thinking, well, was it, did he treat me like that because he wanted me to do it? Was he pushing me to it? But that's something, again, that I will never know the answer to. Might be a combination of things. Yeah. A year down the track, maybe, Mm -hmm. he will actually be honest with it. When I said all those things to him and I said, well, why are you doing this? Why are you pushing me away? He said, I just don't know. That was his answer. So it was sort of like, I probably am going to have to wait a while if ever, I don't know if he'll ever come to terms with it himself or want to tell me, but we'll invite yeah. you back in June 2017. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'll be able to tell you. And we'll blank and we'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what he's like. But yeah, yeah, no, I don't know. I, yeah, I feel like being straightforward and giving them an explanation is a, is a big thing, but that was the first time I'd ever broken up with someone, oh. so it was a different experience again I guess so it's quite interesting being the one who actually breaks up with someone yeah. for a change and like you end your relationship on your terms for a change yeah <laughs> <laughs> which I think is, is really good if you feel like you need to break up with someone you should do it because once you get that feeling yeah. you start being annoyed by more and more things and the sooner you get out of the relationship the sooner you can move on and find mm. someone who is working for you and they can move on and find someone who's working for you. if you want to break up with them but you are too scared to do it so you start being mean to them trying to get them to break up with you yeah. that just yeah. leads in disaster and then you resent them it's harder to be friends yeah i agree no because it was funny before i was going to break up with josh i'd was getting annoyed at him because he hadn't seen me and I was making all these plans. I was like, he's probably going to want to see me in the weekend so I'm going to organise brunch with Ellen. So I organised brunch with Ellen on the Sunday and was like, I'm just going to make myself super busy. I'm like, no, this isn't me. I don't play games. I'm not yeah. going to play games with this person. It's not working, so I have to end it. So I ended it on a weeknight and it was awful and I had to go to school the next day and I just felt like shit. But, you know, it, it had to happen. It's super mature of you to realise as well. Yeah. But you just had to do it. Yeah, really brave. Not easy though. No, hell no. Yeah. But when you do do it, more advice is be unambiguous in your intentions. Mm. And just last time I broke up with someone, I just packed my bags and I went home to my mum's place and I was, I gotta go. I'm I'm not gonna linger. We're not gonna talk this out. I'm just gonna do it and I'm gonna go. Yeah. Mm. It's it doesn't have to be long. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was the same. Had his key in my hand, returned the key, mm, took my stuff from his room. Only way to do it. And then I was like, no, I don't, I didn't want to speak to him for a good few weeks. And we still haven't really spoken now. So it's yeah. just taking that space. Yeah. That's the good thing to do. Yeah. It hurts, but it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I think you can have a departing hug, but not too much touching. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, yeah. It's confusing. It's confusing. If, yeah. you can, if you can both recognize that you're breaking up because things aren't working and not because someone's done something awful to you. Yeah. You can be more civil and 
can't wash each other well and mm-hmm. then break the contact for a while. Yeah. yeah. Because those those can be the hardest ones when you just think, oh, but if only things were different. Mm. Yeah, very true. And that's when you start making, you know, deals with yourself and negotiation to try and stay in this relationship that you know it's not working yeah. and you've got to get out. Make excuses for the person. Yeah. That is what I was good at doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which you shouldn't have to, really. It takes time sometimes to figure out just the effect it's having on you too. And like if you're putting them above you in those circumstances. Mm. So if you're constantly justifying what they're doing and letting them off when it's actually, you're not putting your needs first. That's why I always say, okay, I always say, you're very important to me, but I'm more important yeah, to no, you. Yeah, I know. Is that it annoying? No, 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 no. <laughs> no, that's not annoying at all. I, that's just, that helps me do the same for myself because I, yeah. I find it quite really easily to put other people before myself. Um, so, yeah, I admire you in that. It's awesome. It took a while for me to get there. Yeah, I think mm. sometimes I still let people take advantage of me. Yeah, I'm doing the same. It's it's and very hard if you're a giving out, person. Yeah. Some and also mm. sometimes people just take and take and take and never give back, and they don't even mean mm. to. Yeah. Sometimes people don't realize how much they kind of just not. Oh, I heard somebody explain it once as an emotional bank, and we only have so much yep. sympathy we can give out. And so if you take out too many deposits of the bank, well, of course the money dries up, and emotions are the same. And so you just get to a point where you just think like you got to give mm-hmm. back because it's all right. <laughs> you've got to give back because you've taken all your deposits out yeah right. totally you're yep. running into overdraft you've got to look after yourself too emotional overdraft like yeah. there's been relationships of all kinds you know like so romantic and, and platonic relationships I've had where I've been supporting someone and it just drained myself because I don't actually make sure that I'm balancing it out somehow and if that person can't give back to me what I need in those times I hadn't really tried to get that anywhere else you know like am I making sense like I I hadn't taken time up for myself and I think that's really important regardless of what sort of connection you have is to just check in with yourself and recognize how that's affecting you and if you need space from the person or if you if you need to actually say to them hey like I'm feeling low in my sympathy and my empathy right now towards you it's not a personal thing but it's just I only have so much to give exactly take time for yourself and take time to be together as well outside of your normal locations and mm-hmm. turn your phone off. This is a really simple stuff, <laughs> yeah, but I yeah. terrible with the phone. Yeah. It's so distracting, and the phone makes me feel so isolated because if my friends aren't texting me, yeah. I think, oh, no one really cares. It's you know, yeah. it's like you put your value yeah. in who's contacting, and it's you. validating. It makes you feel good, but it's not a healthy relationship. Yeah, maybe we should have like a whole episode of relationship. <laughs> Yeah. with your phone because mm. it's so yeah I think sometimes your relationship with your phone can be more can give you can give more quality time to just checking in on your phone than you do with your physical yeah. relationships yeah. and that you need to have that balance mm, totally another way of saying what I was saying is that don't stop dating it can be a tendency where you when you first start a relationship you go on all dates and oh then you yes come, then you become like you're going steady and then you can get comfortable. Get comfortable, and you're hanging around at home more. So just go to your place tonight, just hang out, and it starts to become a bit of a sort of you're in a rut. But if you have like dedicated date nights where mm. shake it up, you don't know what's going on, but the other person has decided mm-hmm. what the date's going to be, and then you go out, you do all this stuff, and you go out and you spend the night out on the town, and it keeps some you know, spark going. Mm-hmm. And you can have your nights in watching Netflix, 
Yeah, because I was also thinking some people might value that more than others. Mm. Like, I think that's really good advice, but I think you really like going out and being um, being made feel special, which is so cool because other people might be like, that's what I'm missing when they're listening to the podcast. Totally. I want the Jaslyn brand of relationship. <laughs> but other people, I think, are very like, introverted. They like to stay at home. And I think that more and more people are becoming like that as well. It's important to kind of know yourself. Why do you think more and more people are becoming like that? Oh, I don't know, Kathy. That's right. I guess the world is kind of scary. <laughs> I guess I so, know. yeah. Well, because there's, there's, I know we have everything at our fingertips. Yeah, so. that's true. Yeah. Well, it's just, yeah, staying at home is easier because you can stream all these movies on big TVs and some of the experiences that you had by going out previously, you can have at home mm. on demand. Yeah. Shopping as well. You can do yeah. that at home. I think this is all a difference, eh? Like, so you can be at home having that quality time with someone or you can be out and about anywhere you are but it's just the difference is actually listening to them and actually giving them that time and focus and being present with them in the moment and just trying your best to connect with them really in whatever way you do also I want to talk about something and that's something I've learned in relationships is that people have different (laughs) ways of showing love and care some people may have heard of the love languages but it's just basically describing different types of ways we show we care about someone so like I personally am really strong in words of affirmation and physical touch so I'm really affectionate when I care about someone I'm not so affectionate when I care about someone (laughs) I can be yeah but not but it's not my no go-to and that's okay you know especially with my friends I'm I'm less affectionate with my friends than other people are Yeah. And like, yeah. I really love, like, for example, from <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I get hugs sometimes. No, I, I know you do. I know you do. I forget about hugs. And the thing is, uh, what I had to get over was I expected to receive the same types of love that I was giving out. And that meant that I wasn't actually accepting who that person was and loving them for who they were. I was just trying to force them to be someone that they weren't. And that wasn't healthy or true, really. And when I started to realise that, oh, hang on a second, this person, well, you know, okay, wasn't even Alan. Um, Alan shows me love, for example, through doing things. You're wonderful at what they would call acts of service. To the point where I'm like, I want you to keep your feet up and not have to do work ever. Which is amazing. But, <laughs> <laughs> but it becomes but a I problem mean, when no, I burn I, myself out. Definitely. And, you know, I always want to help out too. And you do. And you do. Oh, I'm yeah, not trying to say people just, does no, it. <laughs> this is just, people have different tendencies and different things come to different people easier. And it's cool to be able to recognise that. You know? Do you think there are sometimes things like uh, love languages where it's kind of a deal breaker? Because I really like words of affirmation. I like communication. And I don't think I can be in a relationship with someone who doesn't communicate their feelings to me. Like flowery language. That's important to you, definitely. I don't, I actually don't think I could be in a relationship with somebody, you know, it's a lot of those kind of people of few words. Mm. I don't think I could, I, you know, they're great people and they make great partners. I know um, you really like reassurance. I think I know that's yeah. important to you. I'm and sure we all know someone we, who yeah, is with someone definitely. who doesn't speak, doesn't say a lot, yeah. Yeah. and they're perfectly yeah. happy. But I'm not happy in those relationships, and that's okay. That's yeah. cool. It's really good to know yourself because you were saying, like, oh, you can you can recognize people's differences, and once you realize, once you see the ways that they're showing that they love you, then you can appreciate them more. But I'm actually thinking sometimes you just can't be with certain people. Yeah, Does totally. that make sense? Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> and it can actually be as fundamental as that. Like, oh, I need somebody who uses their words a lot. I really do. Yeah. I reckon self-awareness is really important to figuring out what your needs are. If you're able to pin down, like, okay, well, I actually, it's valid for me to need these things. And that helps you to figure out if 
you're seeing someone if that person is actually fulfilling those needs or not and if you're okay with that or not you know? yeah totally and that comes commitment comes into that a lot doesn't yeah. it mm-hmm. and communication is important and communicating also what's making you upset is important mm. we have a bit of a phrase amongst our friend group where we say you should name your anxiety mm. and sometimes relationships break up because you're anxious about something that's going on and so you start panicking about it you're more paranoid and you don't want to explain why you're feeling this way and then the other person interprets you feeling that way as not liking them anymore and it gets bad but if you just say hey it makes me really anxious when we have to go to this location or down this street or i don't like going to this bar or i'm very nervous about meeting your friends tonight and i'm freaking out or even i don't like certain friends i don't like certain friends sometimes that mm-hmm. happens too yeah i have friends who don't see certain friends with their partners because they just cannot handle them. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Yeah. And they work that out. Yeah. 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 If, you hate, if you hate your partner's friends, it's not a good sign, though. And if you're not meeting their friends, that's, the, that's, that's dire. That's a big sign. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah. if you haven't met his friends, you're not his girlfriend. Not his girlfriend, <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, whenever people come to me for advice or relationship advice, my number one thing I say is, have you talked to them about it? Yeah. Yeah. I'm good at being direct, I believe. Absolutely. Into Sometimes. Even to the point where it gets annoying is saying when I don't like certain <laughs> things. And I have friends who are like, oh, you know, I'm worried that he's seeing someone else. Or like, oh, I'm worried this and that. I'm like, have you talked to them about it? That's the first port of call. It depends on the relationship too. Like sometimes people just need to vent about something or just sound something out and maybe it becomes a non-issue once they've actually talked to someone else about it. But yeah, you're right. Um, it is important to just check in with them and, and say, you know, like maybe this is actually a conversation you should be having with your partner. Slash yeah. friend, slash whatever you want to call the person you're talking with. And learn to listen and not talk over each other. <laughs> it's good for relationships, friendships, everything. Actually listening to somebody, processing what they're saying, it's the hardest skill. Mm. And I'm bad at the whole finishing sentences thing. And the problem with finishing sentences thing is that sometimes you're like, oh yeah, like this. And they're like, that's not what I was going to say at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think that's probably my number one thing. Talk to each other, listen to each other. Put your phone away. Put your phone away, <laughs> pick your battles, yeah. and fight. Sometimes mm-hmm. you need to fight, there you go, that rounds it up. Oh, and lots of breakup stuff, lots of breakup advice was in there too. Any, any, anybody else, final thoughts? Yeah, just accepting that people are different to you. Mm. And loving their difference. The thing that I've realised from this is that everyone has different opinions of relationships and there are those fundamentals that we all agree yeah. on. But then every single relationship is different. It's like when you were saying that great advice of you should go out on the town and mm-hmm. date and actually make each other feel special. That's something I've had to realise in our relationship, that you like to go out and you like to be made to feel special. And just taking you out to town can take can turn a bad week <laughs> into a better week. Am I right? Yeah, you're right. So yeah, that's what something Kathy likes. Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, but there are those people who just will probably be happier to stay at home, and they're with people that be happier to stay at home. Anyway, what I'm saying from this is essentially that it's just such a fluid thing. Relationships, they're all so different. What would be that's unhealthy true. to one couple would be perfectly healthy yep. to another. Mm. But yeah, I think there are but some fundamentals we should like all follow shit. by. Yeah, if that's you think you feel happy, like shit, then you should think away. about it. Yeah, walk away. <laughs> yeah, or yeah. we'll talk about it. Think yeah. about it. And then walk away if it can't be resolved. Yeah. yeah. So, so relationships are a spectrum, and talk to your partner and find out where they are on the spectrum. <laughs> yeah. Yes, good one. <laughs> Perfect. I like that. And don't assume. Yeah, like that thing about what you're saying, Ellen, about what may be unhealthy to someone is healthy to someone else, depending on their dynamic. Like yeah. you, you don't know what's going on behind closed doors. You don't know what's going on in the intimate emotional sphere. So just yeah, just hear them out rather than judging. 
and what's going on. Yeah. Brilliant. Thanks so much for listening. If you have any comments or questions, please send them through to highexpectationspodcast at gmail.com. Check us out on SoundCloud, iTunes, Pocket Casts, or wherever you enjoy podcasts. See our Facebook page for details at High Expectations Podcast or on Twitter at High X Podcast. Have a great week. <gasps> steak for protein. dinner. You can have steak. You okay? Kiki loves steak. I like it rare. <laughs> <laughs> Rarely in my life.